This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. divisions in the society and how what are their job functions and so on and so forth so first we are going to take up the first division of the society which is called the brahmanas now as a way of telling you that brahmana is not necessarily a person who has you know studied and coming from a particular lineage or something we are not talking about those kind of people because you will come to know that they actually don't follow any of the system which is laid down by krishna or by the ancestors so you will get an idea of who this person can be we are still going to mention the name brahmana but you will understand that a brahmana that we are talking about is a person who has very very high spiritual discipline the highest discipline that he can follow all right so let us begin we are doing uddhav gita the last message of sri krishna and we are on to chapter 12 and the verse that we are going to do start today is verse 36 so this is uddhav gita chapter 12 verse 36 the brahmana who thus practices brahmacharya becomes as a blazing fire and if he is unselfish by this intense ascetism his desires are burnt out and he attains devotion to me this is the first qualification of this person whom we call as a brahmana now first and foremost it is clearly mentioned that he cannot have any sexual contact with person of opposite sex no way he has to be a person who is completely devoid of any kind of physical mental or any kind of contact there is a very deeper meaning in what this verse is talking about now you may try to find out why exactly is this is sex a taboo subject do you really think it is something which we cannot allow these people to do or what exactly does a person do well the answer is pretty simple when you want to do something qualifications are a necessity let us say you want to join the defense course isn't it necessary that you have to qualify in certain things if you want to join some of the top law schools or b schools what exactly are you supposed to do can anybody become an ias officer just like that or he is supposed to do some pre qualification some education is required writing some exams and so on and so forth there has to be a certain level of iq the mental quotient of the person has to be very high if you are expecting an average or a below average person to become a harvard graduate or a ias officer or joining some of the topmost places in this world i think that's a mistake there has to be a qualification 
the qualification speaks a lot about how they progress in their domain now if i take a person who is joining the defense forces i cannot have a person who is very short or extremely tall you got my point if i have to have a person who is very short in stature how is he going to fight the war in the front over there there is a difficulty if it is an extremely tall person when it is required to crouch and do all kinds of stuff i don't know much about the army but i think you guess what i'm talking about so these are called qualifications and then you need to have perseverance you need to have that physical strength also now imagine a person having very weak you know there is no strength in that person he is a very weak person keeps on falling sick all the time he has asthma he has blood problems he has urine stool this that so many things so many problems do you really think you would want to give your country in the hand of such a person i don't think so in the same way those who qualify for the highest position in this world let us say even a ceo or a top md of a company or a chairman of an organization definitely that person must have some kind of a qualification it could be experience for a very very long time he has grown from his roots you can't give a person a topmost position without assessing him or her got it so the brahmana the one that we are talking about has to have the purest and the cleanest record of all so no sexual contact of any kind so he practices brahmacharya not only physically but even mentally the person should have no connect with the opposite sex this is a very clear notion we should never bother about this if you have to become a brahmin now please think about it how many brahmins are there in this world none and those who are there they also fall okay so the idea that there is a brahmin who practices brahmacharya there are certain schools in india where they teach you all this stuff they are very serious about it right from the childhood the children are taught this because unless and until that is inculcated at the beginning you cannot have perfection do you understand the inculcation is so very important so right from the beginning of their life they have to be inculcated i'm sure you have seen some of those sci-fi movies where they have created invincible you know soldiers <laughs> so if you need an invincible soldier you cannot have him falling down for petty things and by the way we will discuss those petty things again so the practicing of the brahmacharya is absolutely essential now in the previous life of his that means he may have been a married person earlier 
and now if he is practicing brahmacharya for last many many years then definitely that person qualifies okay qualification may not be from birth but it may happen during the course of his life also he has to be unselfish what does this unselfish mean he is not supposed to have selfishness in that why the reason being that thing can be heard here it will pick up i'm sorry technical issues <laughs> i think we have to we have to talk about technical issues a lot nowadays no <laughs> okay he has to be unselfish a person who is selfish who has got selfish interest i want this i want this i want this i want this can never be a brahmana it is always about other people he wants other people to be happy he wants every other person in his universe to get everything not himself he may say this person should get a good job that person should have a very good married life this person should be having children you know that kind of stuff this person should have money the country should prosper those kind of thoughts a person should have even deeds actions they have to be performed that way so he has to be unselfish in every aspect he cannot say i want to buy this i want to do this no absolute unselfishness then he should have intense ascetism so that his desires are burnt out when he practices this kind of a methodology intense ascetism he should be able to sit for hours at stretch without flinching just imagine literally like a statue non movement he should not be saying i am hungry i am hungry no no hunger no thirst a person should be able to control all his senses now that we are talking about these different different you know qualifications i am sure you can eliminate literally all those people who think of themselves as brahmanas go and ask them this thing do they think about women yes tick do they practice this kind of a brahmacharya no they cannot practice are they unselfish i'm sorry they are the very selfish people such kind of people are not fit for becoming brahmanas so the qualification given by sri krishna over here is from the vedas some people think that they are brahmanas just because they are born in some family if think about it if i was okay the son of the king does it make me the king's son by that manner the way of looking at it i'm sorry there is a there is a problem there i may not even have a single quality of my father look at the case of hiranyakashyap and his son do you think his son was fit enough to be the king no the father was a villain <laughs> and the son was a god loving person how can these two be together so it is not the same 
So never think like that. That is the reason why in most of the places you will find that the person who takes over a particular kingdom or whatever that they are talking about is not qualified most of the time. So his desires are burnt out because of this extreme ascetism. He is supposed to do those kind of extreme stuff. Alright? It's when he does this, when all the desires are burnt out, there shouldn't be a single desire whatsoever. You see, every human being has desires of different, different kinds. I want to do this, I want to do that, this, this is mine, I have to achieve that, I have to go for a journey, I have to attain that. All these kind of things are called desires. I want to have the fanciest of the car. I want to go out on a date. Oh my God, all these things, they're called desires. I want to eat that. I want to watch this. No, this is a desire. And that is not a Brahmin. So the person who has given up all his desires becomes qualified for what is called as the highest devotion. Verse 37, chapter 12 from the Uddhav Gita. Then after having properly studied the Vedas, if the student wishes to enter the householder's life, he should make the teacher some reverential present. With his permission, perform the usual ablutions. Now I was telling you, you have to start at the beginning. Right? In the same way as they start in the army, they will say the qualification age might be 16 or 18. Isn't it? So if you are that much of age, you have very good physique and if you are able to sustain everything, you can do the race. I mean, you can walk for so many kilometers, you can lift this and you can do that. All kind of physical wants, requirements are there. Then you are qualified for something. Then you can join the army. That's what I told you. Now here in this case, what happens is the child has to join this Vedic school in the beginning of his life. Now there are lots of Vedic schools in India, by the way. You can join any of the schools. I mean, you doesn't mean you. What I mean is those who are interested in making their children Brahmins. <laughs> they can definitely join these kind of schools. In these schools, there is not even a phone around. No phones, no mixing around anywhere. There is a very strict discipline. The child has to get up at a particular hour. And I'm not joking. This is a fact of life. There are certain really very, very Beautiful schools. And that is a Vedic way of life. They are taught that. So, let us say he has completed his study of Vedas. That means he has become a Vedic Shastri. He knows. Alright? He has studied the Vedas, the Upanishads, you name it. Every, every scripture that is there which is needed to be studied, he has studied that. Just like your curriculum, you know, in your schools and college, there is a curriculum. And you are supposed to study that. Like that, he has studied all these things. Then, in case. Now, there is a big <laughs> dot, dot, dot. In case, if he wants to join the regular stream of people, those who want to get married. Okay. He, if he wants to join the householder's life, that means get married look after the family and settle down, he is also allowed to do that. But he should make the teacher some reverential present. It is called Guru Dakshana. 
it's an important aspect called Guru Dakshana. Now Guru Dakshana is when somebody takes training in the Shastras, in definitely the spiritual aspect, it is important to give some kind of a you know, denomination, a certain amount of money. Or in olden times, they would give a cow and all those kind of things. Nowadays, I don't think you can keep a cow in the city or some such kind of a place. If, if the person is staying and he himself cannot eat anything, you can't have a cow over there. But yes, some kind of a monetary benefit, some kind of a reverential present and with his perform, with his permission, perform the usual ablution. That means there is a certain kind of a termination. There is a dot dot dot. It's a finished. <laughs> it is like how you get a certificate, you know, in your school and college. You get a passing certificate, isn't it? I say, okay, this person has passed. Now he can go for further studies. Now here in this case, the, okay, here in this case what happens is the person is entitled for going out but first he has to do certain rituals and these rituals are prescribed in these Vedas. Okay, so we will move to verse 38. This is chapter 12, verse 38. The qualified Dvija may enter the householder's life, the hermit's life in the woods or the monastic life or with his mind intent on me, he may proceed from one order of life to the next but never otherwise. Okay. Now, it is very clearly understood when you have graduated, let us say in our material worldly life a person graduates, he may become a BSc, that is Bachelor of Science or he may become an engineer. What are the jobs that he can take up? What he can do with his life? Some may say that I am going to do further studies. Okay? They may go for an M.Tech or PhD or something like that. Some person will say, I will do research. Some person will say, I will work in a particular company. Some other will say, I will take up a business. Some person will say, no, I have finished with my life. I will become a farmer. You think these kind of things don't happen? Of course, so these are the qualifications which have been achieved. But what happens after that is dependent entirely on the individual. So it is your choice. The person's choice, whoever has taken up this particular activity of becoming a Brahmin. Remember that. He is a person who is taken up the vow of Brahminhood. So for such a person, he is called the Dvija, means twice born. Why? Because he has left his previous life. The material worldly life he had left out. Correct? And he had gone and joined his guru. So when he has joined the guru or the gurukul or the ashram, what happens to this kind of a person? The person who joins the ashram is not the person who has come to join. By the way, they are two different people. The first person who is coming to join, coming to join, is a family person. He is a son of somebody, daughter of somebody. And the name also is like that. The name could be XYZ. I have my father's name. I have my grandfather's name. I have this one's name. My surname is like that. My name is so and so. 
and then they have their own whims and fancies. They bring their nature over there. Okay? Their tendencies are brought in. I'm sorry. The point where a person becomes a Brahmin, that is one, he becomes a twice born, what happens over there. At that particular point, you have to let go of all your past associations. You cannot even have a name which you have brought with you. Your name becomes different. Alright? Second, you cannot carry any of your tendencies from your past life. Alright? That means you may be eating in a particular manner, drinking in a particular manner. Let us say you are used to eating certain things. Okay? You may be a North Indian. I'm just saying. You may be a North Indian. You love to eat all kinds of paneers and bhaturas and discs and that. All those kind of things. Well, when you join the ashram, you may have to just eat plain rice. And maybe a watery, you know, kind of a dal. Are you ready for that? So that is the thing. We don't know. So the idea is, once you join, you cannot have those kind of differences. No, I want to have, you know, tandoori. I want to have this. I want to... You can't do that. In an ashram, you are not even entitled for that. The funniest things happen when sometimes people dictate terms and they say, okay, we are going to make a puliogare. Abhi, puliogare for what? An ashram is run by a guru. The guru says... These things are not allowed and they should never be allowed. In the army, if you join, can you go and dictate terms to the army saying that, no, we are going to eat only this kind of a meal? A person who talks this way is not fit for the army. Similarly, if someone is dictating terms and saying, I want to eat this and I want to eat that, no. The guru makes the rules. If the Guru says, this is a kind of meal that has to be served, that has to be served. I was watching a video recently. Some person from Italy, yeah, Italian and one South American, two people had gone to one ashram. And when they had gone to this ashram, the person said, oh, it is so beautiful. And he has taken out a, a 15 or a 20 minute film. In that entire thing, he said, was so beautiful like this. There is so much of scenery. I met so many people from abroad. I mean, he's talking about meeting a lot of people from abroad. And then finally he says, you know, the food served over there was shit. What? You can't say that in an ashram. Why are you gone to the ashram in the first place? If you have gone to the ashram, you think to be served at some fancy food over there? No. There is no fancy food in an ashram. The ashram food is designed only for sustenance, for little sustenance. It is not meant for making people fat or you know, giving them protein so much, carbohydrates so much. There is no valuation like that. Please remember this, that is done in the material world. If some ashram is saying, we have so many calories we are serving per day, they are not worthy of making it in an ashram. No. An ashram should be a place where they do not bother much about it because the person who is joining the ashram is not even supposed to be bothered how many calories he eats. Remember, if he has become an ascetic, the person is supposed to 
thin out. He is supposed to become thin. Not become fat. Not become muscled. No. That you can go to Shaolin temple and do that. Who cares? An ashram is a place where a person is served minimal food. Minimal, not maximum. And that food has to be specific. You cannot have some, oh, we are making South Indian food. We are going to do this. We are going to do that. No. There is a decorum. And that has to be followed. Ashram is like that. Then, dress sense. People come dressing whichever way they want. Have you ever seen some of the great ashrams in India where people go, Oh, I am wearing yoga pants. Yoga pants? Come on. Yoga pants are dangerous. They are not supposed to be worn. You have to wear loose clothing. The one which is not going to excite another person. Okay? Understand this. So, a yoga, a place called an ashram where all this is practiced. So, a person becomes a dvija where he first gives away his name. Second, he gives away all his dirty habits which he has brought from his whichever gutter that person has come from. No, they are not supposed to be here. Third, they are not even supposed to have a dress sense. You know, I want to dress like this. No, you can't wear yoga pants over there. Alright? Then, the next thing that a person is supposed to do is to shave off. Today, people think that they have become Dariwala Babas. You know, they wear, they grow big beards and they think that they have become ascetics. That is a nonsensical way of looking at it. I can assure you, no Buddha would have allowed it. Okay? Unfortunately, the idea that, oh, Jesus Christ had a beard, so I can also have. This Swami has a beard, so I can also have. No. You have to practice. Practice. If you are going to shape your beard and your moustache and your hair and the kind of thing, you know, oh my God, long hair. I got to tie with a band. That is not what you have come to learn. You have come to learn to become a monk or an ascetic or a saint. These are the things which have to be chucked out. So these are certain rules before a person becomes an ascetic. He cannot have possessions. Most important possession is the phone. You can't have your phone with you. Oh, my mother is calling, my father is calling, my brother is calling, my sister is calling. You are not in an ashram. You are in some hotel. And people consider ashram as a hotel. I want to have a call. I will call up my girlfriend. What? I mean, what kind of an ashram would that be? So, Advija, a twice born. Now remember, we are talking about Brahmins. People who get disqualified. This is a person who gets disqualified. A person who thinks they are the knowers of Brahma or they have some fantastic knowledge get disqualified here itself. The idea that you are a Brahmin goes out of the window. And you can never become enlightened. Let me assure you. I enlighten and give you. Because if you cannot give up your desires of the phone call, talking to your friend, growing a beard, wearing fancy clothes or you know going out here and there and all kinds of things. That doesn't make you enlightened at all. 
on the contrary it's going to give you put you back in the material world krishna has given a very clear definition of who can be qualified so twice born is like that now if the twice born has finished with his activities first he can enter a householder's life that too if you remember the previous verse he is supposed to give some kind of a dakshana or a token thing which he has to give to his guru then he may enter the hermit's life in the world he can become a hermit you know what a hermit is okay he stays in the jungles and he doesn't even bother coming back to the city at all he doesn't have a watch he doesn't have a you know even no diary nothing 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 he is living with whatever is grown right in front of his house whichever place that he may be staying in a cave for all you know he may not even be having a glass of milk in his entire day so understand a hermit is like that he is a hermit you can look up the word in dictionary and you will understand what a hermit is one who is gone away from the material world there is nothing to attract him or the monastic life if you join a monastery now when a person joins a monastery after he has finished his vedic studies and all he can join a monastery when he joins a monastery what are the important roles over there the monastery has its own head there is a head person over there now in most of the monasteries in india you will find that there is always a very reverend a person who is a very revered person he has designed the monastery in a particular manner so there are rules and regulations that need to be followed if you ever go to monasteries very high up into the himalayas you will find the kind of food that they serve the way they live and there is a way of staying in the monasteries also if you are going to the region of leh ladakh there are lots of monasteries you can request the person over there to stay there is some <laughs> fly or something in there i don't know so you request the person to stay this looks like durdarshan to me you know trying to shoo away the <laughs> this is not a fly it's a small creature yesterday also he was trying to irritate it <laughs> so coming back to our story once again there are monasteries in leh ladakh you can request the person to stay over there and they will allow you to stay for one or two days or a few days you can come to know their lifestyle they are very very frugal their food also is so small i mean the quantity itself and what they eat is so minimalistic you will be amazed at the way they live so monasteries have to be exactly like that then with his mind intent on me he may proceed from one order of life to the next one order of life to the next if you remember from the student's life into a householder's life from the householder to a vanaprastha from a vanaprastha to a sanyasi this is the four stages of life so krishna says he can progress this way but he cannot regress by the way okay but never otherwise now think about it okay i am a monk i love women i am going to get married come on you are not allowed to go in the reverse direction i am an old man you see i should be going and becoming a sanyasi 
no teeth in his mouth and yet he is thinking, but I like that woman, she is very beautiful. There are those idiots, you know, at the age of 70 and 80 who want to get married. I don't understand how they can do it. And there are people who are in their late, you know, after 60s and all, they want to get married to 20s and 30s. This is not allowed. By Vedic principles, it is not allowed at all. And if you are a person who has become a Brahmana, sorry sir, you are not allowed. You cannot go and become a monk and then say, oh, I am going to reverse the whole thing and now I am going to get married and settle down and have kids and have a family. No. So that is what Krishna says. In the reverse order, you cannot go. Right. So we will go to chapter 12. Uh, Uddhav Gita verse 39, the next verse. A person wishing to lead a householder's life should marry an unblemished girl of the same caste who must be younger in age and if he wishes to marry any other, he should do so after the above marriage and even then in the succeeding order. Alright. Now here there is a certain set of rules. Okay. What does he say? You cannot marry an elder woman. Number one. It is always genetically there is an issue. Forget genetically. Vedically it is also an issue. Vedas are also prescribing. Don't do that. Come on. No. I am going to marry a woman who is 20 years my elder. She is fit enough to be your mother or a grandmother sir. What are you talking about? No. I am going to rule a country after that. The guy has got loose. You know. That is not the way how things are done. See, you have to understand one thing very clearly. If a person goes against nature, what does nature do? Those who believe, this is the, these are the same people who will go and fight against nature. They will say, you know what? No throwing plastics around. I want everything to be clean. No carbon dioxide. No carbon monoxide. I want to have a clean country. I want to have this. I want to have... Oh my God. They will keep on talking like this. We have become environmentally friendly. Why? Because the environment has given a kick in up their ass. And that is why. But in their personal life? No. I am going to get married to a person like this. You please understand one thing. The universe has given a very, very solid repercussions right now here in the face. Nobody expected this coronavirus to strike anybody. The whole world has been brought to its knees. You can't even step out of your house. There are riots going on across the world. People are fighting with each other for no rhyme or reason. The same incident if it would have happened five years ago, nobody would have given a damn. But today, all the incidents are glorified and they are brought into a bigger, bigger domain and people are going and doing whatever they feel like. Have you seen the looting that is going around? Oh my God, people have become very, very restless now. And this is the way in which nature reacts. If the person who is believers of the, you know, environment and all those, if they can give this kind of a rules and regulations thinking that, okay, we should reduce the carbon intake and this and that and, you know, oils and all those coal industries have to be shut down. People have said these words. Why do they say? Because they want to save the world. 
then why can human beings not follow a simple tradition? They will not apply the same law which they are fighting for over there in their personal life. Their personal life is, it's my problem, it's not yours. Here, the Krishna is telling you very clearly, there is a method in which you are supposed to get married. Alright? This methodology has been completely brought on its knees now in the Kali Yuga. Nobody gives a damn. And understand one thing, the Kali Yuga is a time when everything goes down into the gutters. So, the universe is going to react to you. Don't worry, be happy. Get married to whomsoever you want. Yeah, call whomsoever you want. You can do whatever law that is applicable in this world. You can tell people who don't even know how to say prayers to go and say prayers. This thing is going to bring the whole universe down. Those who are not supposed to do certain things are going and doing those things. Do you think the whole universe is not going to react to it? It is going to. That is the reason why when Krishna said these words, he was talking correctly. But I can assure you one thing. It started when he died. Alright? Maybe 5000 years ago. I wouldn't even know the date. From that time till today, the deterioration has taken a very, very big leap. And today, it is really out of the window. People are doing whatever they please like. There are prime ministers and these and presidents and leaders of a country who are doing whatever they feel like. There are going to be certain kind of repercussions which we have to be ready for. Our future generation is going to suffer very badly because none of these Vedic principles are being followed. One of the clearest examples is during the time of the second yuga that was coming up. From the first yuga to the second yuga that was coming up. Vishwamitra was very clearly told by his guru, don't do this. Don't marry a girl from a, difficult, from a different place. He was insistent. There was war. There was a lot of destruction. There were too many problems that came about just because of his insistence. He was the king and he wanted to give up his kingdom. In romantic stories, it is very nice to know, you know. Oh, the prince gave up his kingdom because he fell in love with a commoner. In today's day and age, it is perfect. But that is the reason why the entire deterioration started. And we came to the second yoga. And then we came to the third. And now we are in the fourth. Now in the fourth yoga, there is going to be further deterioration. And there is going to be a downward path. Straight away we are going to come down. And that is the reason why there is a cautionary note over here. I am not a doomsday seer by the way. I am here just so that I can teach you what is written in the scriptures. And I am just teaching you the scriptures. Beyond that I am not saying anything. It is your choice what you want to do with your life. But this is what is written over here. 
A person is supposed to marry the person from a higher caste. It doesn't matter. You can marry from the same or you can marry from the higher. But if you marry in the reverse order, there is a difficulty. So, we will move to verse 40. Uddhav Gita, verse 40, chapter 12. The performance of sacrifices, study and making of gifts are the duties of the twice born. The acceptance of gifts, teachings and helping the others to perform sacrifices are the occupations of the Brahmanas. Now the knowers of Brahma are the people who are enlightened. You understand? We have done so many qualifications so far. Their job is to perform sacrifices. They are not supposed to do anything for themselves. They are supposed to do it for others. Then they are supposed to study. They are not supposed to be going out and working in IT companies and doing all kinds of other things in this world. No. Their job is to study. It is important to study. And the making of gifts are the duties of the twice born. Making of gifts means what? You know, in today's day and age, the making of gifts. I think you will understand. When you go to Walmart and all those places, there are gifts. You go and buy them, isn't it? I think. Or gift shops. So they can make those for whosoever concerned. Naturally, the person who is there will ask what kind of gift should be offered. The gift that has to be offered has to be exactly, you know, coinciding with whatever that you are doing. Okay. Now let us say, in some of the circles in this world, you must have seen, when somebody is getting engaged or married, I think they will give one bottle, isn't it? I don't know what they give because I have no idea about it. Or somebody who is going for a funeral, I don't know what they are supposed to take, but there are certain rules and regulations that you need to follow. You can't go, uh, you know, with red roses for something which is terrible. Okay, maybe white, I think. There, is, there are certain rules in this world. So, these kind of gifts which are there or whatever that you are offering, they have to be exactly right. Alright? So, <laughs> okay. So, the duties of the twice born. Twice born as you understood, I have already given an explanation. Now, what are the Brahmanas supposed to do? The Brahmanas are not supposed to give gifts, okay? They are supposed to take gifts. Do you get the point? When there is a knower of Brahma, remember, they are not supposed to be working outside. They are not supposed to be doing, earning money. That is why they are said not to be selfish. Remember? If they are not earning anything, how do they survive in this world? They survive in this world by getting gifts from people. So, acceptance of gifts by the brahmanas. The, the people, those who are enlightened, those who are on the path of spiritual, who have become this kind of an ascetic or a sannyasi, whatever that is, these twice born people who have learned the Vedas and the Shastras over the teachers, the idea is to give gifts to them because they don't go out and work. They don't make money anywhere. Then, their job is teaching. Those who are spiritual teachers, the people who teach the Vedas, the people who are expounding on spiritual scriptures, those people, they are called Brahmanas. Then, helping others to perform sacrifice. 
helping other people to do whatever rituals and rites and things like that have to be done. So these people, these are the occupations of Brahmanas. These are the only occupations allowed. If you think you are a Brahmana, these are the occupations. You can either become a teacher, you can go and stay in some monastery, that's it. Or you can perform sacrifices. You can do some kind of a rites and rituals and stuff like that. That's it. You are not allowed to do anything else. No farming and all. Okay? You can't become a farmer. You can't do any other thing. So as a teacher only, even what happened in my case was, I was reluctant to do even teaching. I had given up everything and I had walked away. My Gurudev said, No, your job is teaching. Go and teach. And I started teaching. And that is it. Now even today I am doing the same thing. I cannot go out and work. And you can't say that I don't have any brains. Okay. <laughs> no brains for working. No, of course I have. But idea is I am not supposed to go and work for money from anybody. My job is to only teach. And that is it. I am not allowed any other thing. Okay. So we will move to the next one. Verse 41, chapter 12 from the Uddhava Gita. A Brahmana who regards the acceptance of gifts as destructive of austerity, spirit of independence and fame should live by either of the other, either of the other two means or if he considers them harmful, live upon grains left ungathered in the fields. Okay, this is a very interesting one. Let us say there is a Brahmana, there is a person who teaches. Now, he may say, I am not going to accept gifts. There are lots of people in this world who do not accept gifts. Okay? A Brahmana, a person who is a teacher, he is entitled to get things from people. Yes, that is taking the gifts is allowed for him. But let us say he himself decides, I am not going to take gifts from anybody. I am going to live just like that. Then what is it that he is supposed to do? Number one, he is supposed to go and beg from four houses. That is it. Now let us say he knocks on four doors and nobody gives him even little of food also. Then he has to go hungry. Got the answer? That's number one. Or number two, he is entitled to sow a few seeds outside his hut wherever he is staying. Whatever that comes out of that little seeds that he has sown, that is all he is entitled to eat. So these are the two things that a person is entitled to do. Beyond that, the third they are not supposed to do. That is because the person is saying, I will not accept anything from anybody. So if he doesn't accept money or gifts from people, then these are the two methods. One, you can go out and beg and eat whatever that is there offered to you. Or the second thing is you can just grow a few millets or grains or with the, the poorest kind, not the high fancy kind of grains. Okay, I am going to have genetically modified corn. Ah, that cannot be. <laughs> you have to grow a few grains outside. Whatever is grown in the very natural way, if there is any grains that come up, that is all that you are entitled to eat. 
Okay, we'll go to the next verse, 42. Chapter 12, verse 42. The body of a Brahmana is certainly not meant for the satisfaction of petty ends. It is for rigorous austerity here and endless happiness hereafter. Yes, the body of a Brahmana. Those who have become a Brahman. Now, we have given all the qualifications so far of a Brahmin. Please understand them. I, If you have not understood, please go back to the same verses and read them or hear them from the satsangs that I have given just now. This Brahman is not supposed to do anything for his petty means. That means he cannot go and say, okay, today I am going to go to a five-star hotel. No, he can't do that. He is not entitled for doing any of these other things. The body of a Brahman is certainly not meant for satisfaction of his petty ends. The little, little stuff that he is thinking about, oh, I wish to have this food to eat today. Maybe I'll have a Maharaja Thali once in my lifetime. No, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to have a very, very frugal, simple life. That's it. So, it is for the rigorous austerity here and endless happiness here asked. There has to be a very, very rigorous, absolute rigorous austerity. Austerity has to be so much that he is not allowed even for a day to fall down. Now, I am sure that eliminates 99.9999% of the people in this world. So, how many Brahmanas are there in this world? Go and ask yourself. Then you will understand. No Brahmanas exist today. Got it? This is the Kali Yuga. Everybody is full of Tamas. And those who are born from Tamasic wombs can never be a Brahman. Because they are full of desires. Human beings are full of desires of all sorts. So the idea of becoming a Brahmin in today's day and age is out of the window. There is nobody there. And if there are just one or two or somebody like that, I mean it's a very very rare phenomenon. So, that person is supposed to have rigorous austerity and when he does that, he will have endless happiness in his next life. Okay. Next verse, 43, chapter 12 from the Uddhav Gita. A Brahmana, content to live upon grains left in the fields and in front of the shops and observing the great taintless duty while he lives at home, with his mind given up to me and not over-attached, attains peace. There is this Brahmana who is, like I said, you know, if he is not accepting gifts, then what is he supposed to do? I told you he can go and beg. But if he cannot beg, if he has students, disciples, they can go and beg. The idea that a teacher may not beg, but his disciples are entitled to beg on behalf of the Guru. The Guru will say, you go out and beg. And they can take whatever that comes their way. Not forcing anybody. Nothing like that. So you will find that there are lots of places in the world, you know, where there are monasteries, where the monks go out in the morning and whatever they get, they beg for it and then they go back to the monastery. That is how it is done in places like Burma, Thailand and so on and so forth. 
So Brahmana content to live upon the grains left in the field and in the front of the shops. So there are certain grains which are thrown out. The shopkeeper normally throws out grains which have got spoiled because of water or some other reason. So these grains can be taken by these people. Or if you have a small patch over there in front and if you have growing something, you can take grains from there. And that is all you can eat. And observing the great taintless duty. If at that point in time when the person is having meal, when a Brahmana is having a meal, suppose somebody comes to his house. It could be a dog also. Doesn't matter. It could be anybody. His duty is to serve whatever food that he has to this other person. Okay? The person may or may not have anything to eat. But you need to satisfy whoever comes to your door. So it is called Atiti Devabhav. So whether you eat or not is not important. But you have to offer it to whosoever comes. Before you offer it to whosoever comes, I am sure you have. You will remember that you have to offer it to the gods and mains and everybody. All the entire prayer was given in some one of the satsangs earlier. You can go and see it over there. So that has to be done and this person has to be given the food. Alright. So that is a taintless duty. While he lives at home with his mind given up to me and not over attached attains peace. His mind should not be attached to anything. No people. So completely detached. He should not have any person near him also. That means he should not say, oh this is my relative, this is my friend, this is my so and so, this is my son, this is my mother. This is... No, he cannot have any of those people around him. For him everybody is equal. There is no inequality over there in his world. Everybody is equal. There is no partiality there. So everybody he treats as equal. And in such a case, he is not attached to anyone. But the only one thing which he is supposed to do, he has to be attached only to Krishna himself. Those who are attached to the divine, they will reach me. Krishna has said so. We will do this last verse just now. So, chapter 12, Uddhav Gita, verse 44. Those that rescue a Brahmana devoted to me from his misfortune, I will quickly deliver from danger as a boat picks up a drowning man from the sea. Okay. Now, this is an important one. Where? What is Krishna saying? Please understand, this, this Brahmana doesn't have any income of his own. He doesn't even have food from anywhere. He doesn't do anything. It is the duty of material worldly people, those who earn money, those who make money, those who have money, those who are eating good food, those who have good clothes and so on and so forth. It is their duty to provide for this person. So when the, per the person who provides the Brahmana, this person who is become a teacher or whoever he is, person who lives this kind of a perfect life, this person has to be looked after by the society. This is a rule. This is a Vedic injunction. People have to do it. Here, those who rescue the Brahmana devoted to me from this misfortune. The misfortune of not having food on his table. 
the misfortune of having no clothes, the misfortune of having no money whatsoever. Those who are going to help him with food, clothing, shelter, money, whatever that is required. If he is having an ashram and the person who is giving the money to the ashram so that the ashram can be run. Remember, there is no earning capacity over there. So if a person who gives donations or food or whatever to this place, that person, he will be delivered quickly from the dangers if he is done that as a boat picks up a drowning man from the sea. So whoever provides that will get the highest benefit from Krishna. Krishna says, I will see to it that I will give you much more than you can ever imagine in your life. So here Krishna's instructions are, take care of all these people who are incapable of taking care of themselves. We are talking about the people who know the Brahma. Those who are ascetic, those who have gone on the path of knowledge, those who are the Vedic teachers, those who teach you and they have become gurus and saints and sages. It's our duty to take care of these people. Got it? So we have come to the end of verse 44. Tomorrow we will do the next verse which is connected to the Kshatriyas. So I will take your leave. You have a very good day and take care of yourself. Bye.